Ladies and Imogen, Andy here, author of the best Tinder guide on the internet and insulter of his own girlfriend. This mm-hmm. is the Kill You in a Loser podcast. Let's fucking go. Hi, Imogen. Hi, insulter of me. We are going to talk about if you want a happy relationship, let go of your stories. And when we say stories, what we mean are expectations. So in relationships, and this applies to casual relationships, this applies to more serious relationships, this applies to business, this applies to friends. We have a lot of expectations of other people and we don't quite realize that we're doing it. These are like unspoken rules in our head or unspoken stories of how we expect things to go or how we expect the other person to behave. Things like my friends shouldn't flake on me or if my friends really cared about me, they would send me a text message once a week and see how I'm going. Or if my family really loved me, they would come and visit me for the holidays. Yeah, or just very basic things of like people should respect my time or people mm-hmm. should understand the way that I feel. Or Yeah, people should do this or people should do that. If she really cared about me, she'd spend more time with me. If my girlfriend or my friends with benefits really cared about me or if I was really important or if I was really attractive my partner or my friends with benefit would make time to see me. She wouldn't, she would drop work or she wouldn't be hanging out with their friends or she would make time in her calendar to see me. Yeah. Well, he cares about work more than me. It can be like a value judgment too. Like good people will do this or only yep. bad, like only a bad boyfriend would do this. Yeah, for sure. And so stories are expectations of how you think things should go. Mm-hmm. It's you basically saying, I believe this is the right way for things to go, or this is how I want them to go, or this is how it should work out, or if they were a good person, they would do this. And it's you arguing with reality. It's you denying reality. It's you wishing reality was different. And you do. You sit there and you get stressed and you go, you know, this person hasn't made time for me this week, but they should. Mm. The reality is they haven't. Yep. They haven't made time for you. And so accept the reality is what we're going to talk about here today, which is a basic tenet, a basic philosophy of stoicism. Accept reality for how it is. Don't argue with it. Another book or another person that talks about this a lot is a woman called Byron Katie that you guys have heard me talk about quite a lot recently. She has a great book called Loving What Is. And she has a bunch of mm-hmm. other books. And the point of her philosophy is it's stoicism as well, but written from her point of view. It's basically stop arguing with with reality. If someone isn't currently spending time with you this week, don't then get frustrated and say, they should. Well, they're not, fuckhead. So what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. And so we make ourselves unhappy when we buy into these goddamn stories and believe them and get disappointed when they don't turn out to be true. It's like we're, we're selling ourselves a fairy tale. That's what a story is. That's what expectations are. We're selling ourselves a fairy tale and they're getting pissed off when the fairy tale doesn't work out. And it's like, why would the fairy tale work out? It might, mm. but it's almost like a gamble at that point. It's a lottery, as in, is the other person going to do what I want? That's a fucking lottery. Why would they? They're their own person. Yep. And more to the point, a lot of the time we don't tell the other person these stories or these expectations. Of course. There's this expectation. They should just know. Yep. Or, or of course, it's so obvious. Of course, they should know. They should know that I like spending time with them and that I want to hear from them once a week. They should yeah. just know that. Which in itself is another story. Like, if they were a good partner, they would just know what I yep. want. Well, they're not a mind reader. And again, if you always bring it back to reality, and most of you listening care about reality, you care about the truth. These are important things to you. If you bring it back to reality, you know, you say to yourself, well, the reality is they don't. The reality is they haven't done the thing I want. Mm. The reality is they can't read my mind. Regardless of if I think they should, they haven't. What am I going to do about it now? 
Mm. I'm going to accept the situation. Okay, they haven't done it. What do I need to change? Do I need to change my own expectations? Do I need to tell them, hey, it would mean a lot to me if you hung out with me once a week? Do I need to go and see, like, date someone else? Do I need to go and spend time on my hobby so I'm not sitting there frustrated that they haven't spent time with me? Whatever it is, but when you accept reality, then you can start to make an impact on reality. You can start to change things. You can start doing something. Hell, you can even just let it go and go, you know what? It doesn't matter that they didn't see me this week. I'm going to go and live my own cool life. And if they see me, they see me. If they don't, who gives a shit? Yeah. So sometimes we get mad at the other person for not going along with this version of our story and for not perfectly following our version of how things they should be, how things should be. There's two things I can say there. The first thing is like, how's that their fault? If you didn't tell them, they don't know what fantasy you've concocted of how the story should play out. And the second thing is, well, let's, let's riff on that first. People do that. They, it, it's like this mind reading thing. Mm. It's like, you should just know what my fantasy is. And it's my fantasy. And so you should have just done it. And the fact you haven't means you're not special. You use the evidence that they haven't done it as a, as evidence that like, well, they, it's not special. They should have just done it. Yeah. It's funny. It's like you're, if you have all of these stories, you're living on this like other planet where things should be this way and you're getting angry and things aren't the way you want to be. And the other person is just like happily going along with their yeah. lives, thinking everything's okay. And, and like, it's a stereotype. Off. Yeah. Then one day, like the, the person who has all of the expectations explodes mm-hmm. and they're like, why have you done this? Like, how could you, like, you've hurt my feelings. The other person's like, what what's happening? You didn't I, tell me this. I yeah. thought everything was fine. What's yeah. going on? Like, where did all of this come from? Yeah, for sure. And the other person feels like attacked and why are you imparting your version of reality on me? Mm. And that was the second point that I was going to make here. When we get frustrated with our expectations not being met or the person not doing what we want, and all of this, by the way, applies to casual sex as well. It applies to even just talking to girls. Like you go outside and you have an expectation that girls are going to be nice to you or that you're going to get a phone number. If five girls in a row are not like they just blow you off and they don't even talk to you, Sometimes we get, or often we get frustrated. Like, Mm. these girls should be nice to me, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, they weren't, except the fact that they weren't. What are you going to do about it? Mm. I've seen this as well with people losing weight. You've even done this at points. So have I, where it's like, we'll have a week or two weeks where we don't lose any weight. The weight just stays the same. Mm. And we get frustrated with reality. We go, why haven't I lost weight? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you haven't lost weight. So what are you going to change? Instead of sitting there and getting frustrated and hopeless and going, what's the point? I should just throw in the towel. I should binge eat. Why do I even care? Why am I even bothering to lose weight? It's not working. It's never going to work. Like arguing with fucking reality. Mm -hmm. If you just say, okay, well, I haven't lost weight this week. What do I need to change? Or do I need to even change anything? Like maybe I'm just having a maintenance week and next week I can hit it hard. Maybe I don't even need to change anything. Maybe I'm just having a, a break for a week. Yeah, and I think there is a piece to that, like taking yeah. ownership and saying, like, there is something I can do versus yep. just being like, things shouldn't be this way, this sucks, why is it like this? Like, everything is terrible by basically telling yourself that, like, okay, well, I have complete control over how things pan out because I will take action, I will change something. There's definitely, like, an empowerment in For that. Sure. And all of a sudden, like, it feels a whole lot less shitty when you're not making yourself the victim. Yeah, good point. I wouldn't have even thought of that. You're, you're definitely making yourself the victim when you sit there and argue with reality. Because you're basically saying reality sucks. It should be different. But there's almost an admission there of like, I'm not going to do anything to make it different. I'm just going to complain about it. Guys, all the time we spend complaining or arguing or 
being disappointed that our expectations weren't met or that our stories didn't come true, that's time you could have been spent changing things. Yeah, it's insanity to think that your happiness is caused by other people. Yeah, it's Byron Katie who said that. If you mm-hmm. think other people are the cause of your suffering, you're insane. Stoics have said the exact same thing. Seneca, Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, all the old Stoics have said so many quotes that are just exactly that. You can't blame other people for your, or you can, but you're just going to disappoint yourself. You're going to have a very miserable life if you say, oh, my stories didn't come true and that's why I'm sad. Or other people should have met my expectations or other people should do this or other people should do that. Hmm. How frustrated do people get in politics or like people who, who care about politics, the left versus the right for those of you in America. People get frustrated because they're like, the other side should do what I want. And it's like, well, they don't. So what are you going to do about it? Hmm. Like sitting there complaining just makes you miserable. Going like, oh, conservatives should care more about the environment. And then conservatives going like, oh, these fucking libtards should stop caring about transgender shit. They're all, they're, you know, they're ruining our kids. It's like, well, they're doing what they're doing. Are you going to accept that they're doing what they're doing and just deal with that? Or are you going to sit there and wish it was different and make yourself miserable? And I didn't finish making my point before. When we get mad at the other person for not going along with our story. Mm. You have to stop and think. It's a radical notion. I know that it's hard to think of this when, we, when we're in that sort of emotional, frustrated state. But the other person is a person too. They have their own stories going on. They have their own expectations. I did a podcast ages ago called Everybody Has Their Own Rule Book. And by rule book, I just mean things they want, preferences, likes, and dislikes. Their mm-hmm. own rule book for how life should be, how they think life should be. Mm-hmm. We all have our own set of rules. And- while you're sitting there getting frustrated that they're not living out your fantasy, they might be getting frustrated that you're not living out their fantasy. Mm-hmm. And you're just so solipsistic, which just basically means you can't see a viewpoint outside of your own. You're so self-centered and stuck in your own emotional state of mind that you haven't even contemplated the idea that like, fuck, maybe I'm disappointing them right now. Maybe me sitting there getting angry at them for not meeting my expectations. Maybe that's maybe they had an expectation that I wouldn't be a grumpy asshole. Maybe they had an expectation that I wouldn't judge them and want them to behave a certain way. Maybe they had an expectation that I would behave a certain way and I haven't done that and I'm disappointing them too. Mm-hmm. And so letting go of these fucking stories and seeing the other person for who they are, a person, helps bring you back down to reality, which is what we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get you guys out of fantasy land. Fantasy land being like, you know, girls should give me a phone number. Girls should sleep with me. You know, my partner should do this. My friends shouldn't spend time with me. My boss should be nice to me. Customers should respect that my job is really hard and they should be nice to me. Customers on the phone when they call up shouldn't be mean to me. Like all of this fucking... I've seen so much of this in the last two years. So many people sort of saying reality should be a certain way you know, with masks and lockdowns and all of that. But I think more than anything, a lot of the retail places that we've seen around here, maybe this is just an Australian thing, but I suspect it's it's also going on in like Canada and the US and the UK. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a wider thing. Almost every freaking business mm. for the last two years has had signs everywhere saying, we demand, and they're very demanding when they say it, we demand that you be nice to our staff. Don't abuse our staff. Don't harass our staff. You need to be nice to our staff. And they they put them up during all the lockdowns when these businesses were enforcing vaccine passports and masks. And obviously, there's going to be pushback against that. A lot of people are going to say, you are literally discriminating against me because I haven't taken your, you know, 
therapeutic injection and you're not letting me into the business, I'm not okay with that. And instead of these businesses going, well, okay, the reality is people are going to be pissed off. Mm -hmm. They put all these signs denying reality saying, you you should all be nice to us and you should understand that our staff this and our staff that. And it, Mm -hmm. it felt very much like a denial of reality. It's like you're being yelled at and I don't want anyone to get yelled at, but you're being yelled at because what you're doing is egregious to a lot of people. The reality is if you do this thing, if you exclude people and have vaccine passports and crazy shit like that, a lot of people are not going to be okay with that. That's the reality of that. And instead of accepting that with peace and saying, okay, like some people are going to be mad. That's okay. We'll talk to them nicely. We'll be sweet. Mm-hmm. You're arguing with the reality there. Yeah. You're putting these signs up that you want to be different. And then you could get into a discussion and say, yeah, and those people getting pissed off about the vaccine passports are arguing with reality as well. Yep, I agree. Completely. uh, And I was one of those people. And so what I had to do was take deep breaths and say, and you and I did this a lot. I was like, okay, if there's vaccine passports, you and I are not vaccinated. Not that it's a fucking vaccine anyway. We could get into a whole discussion about that. It's not a very good vaccine if you have to take a booster every three months, is it? But we're not vaccinated. Let's accept that all these businesses are going to discriminate against us. We can't go into cafes. We can't. We could fake it. We had a fake app that was working. And I was like, I don't want to. I'd like to just accept reality, which mm-hmm. is that these businesses don't want me in there. I'm going to accept that with peace. And that's why we did that podcast where I said, I'm checking out of society. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to participate. And we did that until the vaccine passports went away. They've now gone away and we're back. And so, yes, there is a lot of peace that comes with accepting reality. Because I think you and I, for most of 2020, with the lockdowns and masks, we didn't accept reality. We argued against it, and that hurt. Mm-hmm. We suffered. We suffered because we said government shouldn't be doing this, and the police shouldn't be shooting people and tear gassing them and shooting them with rubber bullets and arresting protesters and arresting... Like, we, we just said they shouldn't be doing this, and that just left yeah. to our own suffering. As soon as we said, okay, they are doing this, mm-hmm. what do we want to do? In response, yeah. things became a lot more peaceful. Of course, because at that point, again, it's, it feels as if it's like you're in control all of a sudden. You've made a decision of, of like, here's what I'm going to do. Yep. Here's what I'm going to do to make it okay. Yep. And therefore, I don't have to suffer. You are in control. You're in control of your own emotions or you're not in control of the emotions because the emotions will come up. You're in control of the response to your emotions. So, like, anger and frustration will come up. You can't stop that happening. But when it comes up, you can go, okay, I'm in control now, baby. What do I want to do? I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to feel the anger. That's okay. It's all right that I'm angry. Yeah, it's okay that I feel, you know, pissed off. I'm going to let that flow through me. I'm going to go for a nice walk. Or when we couldn't go for walks, I'm going to just chill. I'm going to have a little bit of a chill. And so your response is the thing you can control. And you're right. When you argue against reality, you're not in control. You're saying I, reality is in control of me. And guys, that's not what we're here for. We're Stoics. We're here to build Stoicism. We're, we're, we're self-improvement fucking obsessives. We're, we're here to build elite, maxed out, amazing lives. And part of that means you've got to be in control. And you're not in control when you say reality is in control of me. I wish reality would change so that I could be happy. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And when you're trying to change reality out of anger and when you're coming from a really emotional place when your actions are based or when your actions are driven by like very hateful or angry or negative emotions that's never going to be received well you've actually got like the 
not that this is about trying to change other people because it's not, but you will have the lowest chance of actually changing people's minds or getting what you want if you are coming from that angry, frustrated mm-hmm. place because you're not you're not rational, you're not peaceful, and nobody nobody wants to give the person that's yelling at them what they want. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You're you're making it harder for you to get what you want. Mm. And you and I are not immune to these expectations or these stories or these arguing arguments with reality. We're going to read out a couple of things that we just brainstormed. We don't have most of these anymore. We mm. still have little bits of them, but we've let go of most of it. And that was a process that we had to go through. So some of the stories we had, I had a story in the first couple of years that Emmy should be happy all the time. Because mm-hmm. in the first couple of years of our relationship, you were happy, but you had plenty of times where you were not. You were still working through your binge eating disorder. You were cutting things off with your family or learning to, like, distance yourself and build your own independence and not just do what, like, daddy and your older siblings tell you to do. You quit your university degree you were unhappy with. Yeah, I moved out of home and there were lots of periods where work like i was struggling to find mm-hmm. work or i was between jobs and so i had financial stress mm-hmm. the points where like when i'd moved out i had issues with the people that i was living with like and all of that is ways of saying you didn't have the tools to deal with those things because you have plenty of stress now you just handle it way better because you have the tools you have stoicism mm-hmm. you have deep breathing you have some coaches you have me you understand how your brain works and you understand that you're in control of your emotion. Or you're in control of the response to your emotions now. Whereas before you weren't. Mm-hmm. You were like, oh my God, I'm stressed. Therefore, I should cry. Whereas now you're like, okay, I'm stressed. Let me take a deep breath and work through it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like with the, I know we're going to talk a little bit about like stories that we had in the relationship, but to be clear, I, and I'm sure you do as well, like every day will catch myself telling myself stories when I find myself slightly annoyed by something mm-hmm. or grumpy about something. Just like people should be more yeah. aware of their surroundings. Or Here's one that I say a lot. People, sh- so the city that we're in is very like, it feels like a country town. It's a city, but it's a country town. And people don't indicate when they turn, <laughs> or, like when they're driving. And when I say they don't indicate, I mean, like, quite literally 50% of cars will not indicate. They just turn and they don't indicate. And I'm talking, like, on the fucking highway. I'm talking on, like, a four, like, an eight lane. What's that road out out on the other side of our house? It's, like, four lane. It's, like, eight lanes, right? Yeah, it's a highway. There's, like, eight lane, an eight lane highway, and people won't indicate when they turn. And when you're trying to cross the road as a pedestrian, you're like, I don't know if this motherfucker is turning on it. Like, it's a nightmare. And this happens all throughout this thing. And for the longest time, I fought this. I argued with reality. I I Mm. would make jokes. I would be passive aggressive. I'd get frustrated. And at some point, I had to say, I'm arguing with reality. I need to accept nobody in this city or 50% of the people in this city don't indicate. I don't know why. It's only this city. It doesn't seem to happen anywhere else. It's weird. It's really (laughs) weird to me. But I have to just accept that that's the weird reality. Mm. And in accepting that, I can now almost like laugh about it and be like, ha, no one indicates, like you you let it go. Yeah. And so, yeah, you are just getting yourself frustrated when you argue with reality. Mm-hmm. But back on the, the topic of, you know, you going through the stressful stuff in the first couple of years. So I had a story or an expectations or an argument with reality of Emmy should be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. which is really unrealistic, but that was the thought that was in my head. I was like, every time you were sad or every time you were stressed, and this ties into another one that I had, which was my partner shouldn't let pathetically small things bother her. Mm-hmm. In the first couple of years, little things did bother you. You you cried all the time. You cried probably every day, maybe every two days. 
And I would get frustrated and I would be like, she should be stronger. She's being weak. She's being pathetic. I even called you pathetic a few times, which, mm. you know, is something I wouldn't call you now. But at the time, it's like that was me expressing that. And that really hurt you. And that ties into one of yours, which is my yeah. partner shouldn't ever hurt me. And it's, my partner should never actually, be annoyed at me. Because the expectations we had were almost in conflict with each other. We kept having completely diametrically opposed expectations yeah you were like you should accept me for who i am and and never be mad at me and then i was like you shouldn't need me to accept you for who you are you should understand that i'm trying to make you better and you should be grateful that i'm frustrated by your crying every day you should be like grateful that i'm trying to push you and you were like but you shouldn't be trying to push me because you, you should, should love me yeah i yeah. definitely had stories that you should be like considerate and empathetic yep. and gentle like you should like always like understand what I'm going through and be supportive of that. Yep. And I was, and I had expectations of you should understand what I'm going through woman. And it's very difficult for me to be patient with you when you cry every day and you're getting bothered by little things. And like, you're, you know, you're working through all your shit. You got to see that that's difficult for me and you're not empathetic to me. So why should I be empathetic to you? It was like these fucking stories that we kept telling ourselves of yeah. like, and we, we did, we came to like arguments and disagreements over it and, you know, frustrations of me saying like, well, you don't empathize with me. And you were like, but you're not empathizing with me. And the, the catharsis or the healing through that was us just going like, like, like at some point I did have to have this conversation with myself where I was like, am I just going to continually be frustrated if I let, if I get disappointed every time she cries or every time something small bothers her? Is that just me disappointing myself forever? And at some point I was like, yeah. Why do I? And then I had the realization. I was like, why do I care if she cries every day? Why do I care if little things bother her? Why do I care so much? Why am I so fucking invested? Like, literally, I care this much if she's not happy all the time. Why do I care? And I, ha I went through this thing where I was like, what happens if I just am okay with the fact that she's not happy all the time? What if I just let it be? What if I stop pressuring her to lose weight? That was another one. Mm. What if I just say, I'm here for you to lose weight. You know, I know you're losing weight, but I'm not going to pressure you. Or I'm not going to pressure you to be happy all the time. I'm not going to pressure you to not let th little things bother you. I'm not going to pressure you to be stoic. I'm not going to pressure you to meditate. That was another thing I pushed you. And I just let all that go. And I was like, what if I just don't give a fuck? Like, why do I give a fuck? Don't I have my own shit going on? And I did. Mm -hmm. Don't I have my own life to live? And there was so much peace in that. And it, it brought peace to you. Our relationship immediately changed when I yeah, did that. Yeah, it's funny that as soon as... I mean, we both kind of simultaneously softened, but it... it you let go of a lot of your stories, too. You let go of so many at the same time as me. It's so much. And again, like, like it comes back down to, like, as soon as, like, one person isn't fighting and arguing and being combative, all, all of a sudden the other person comes around. Yeah, yeah. Because there's this yeah. sense of, like, I don't need to defend. And then yep. you can both be more understanding of one another yep and yeah it's so much it like it's it's night and day like especially if we are having a disagreement about something if i i feel like i physically feel something that as soon as one of us softens all of a sudden the whole like the tension of the situation will just yeah minimize you don't fight anymore you don't argue there's yeah. nothing to defend as you put it yeah absolutely and yeah like you said i also had to let go of quite a lot of things there was a sense of like okay well if Andy's not always going to support me. Like, where I need to be 
supportive of myself. I need yep. to look after myself and give myself love and empathy when I'm not feeling good. Like, I need to find alternate ways of getting that. If if Andy's not going to give that to me, which is reality, and I'm going to accept that, then what what can I do to get what I want, basically? What can I do to get the support and love and whatever else that I feel like I need at that time? Yeah, it was us both letting go of stories. You letting go of, like, Andy should – this was another one. You were like, my partner should be there for me 24-7. Like, my partner should always be there for me. My partner should always care when I'm sad. Like, every time I'm sad, my partner should care. And that really was butting up against mine, which was, like, my partner shouldn't be sad all the time. And Mm -hmm. so we were just, like, arguing with reality, both of us, like, coming from opposite directions. And, yeah, you're right. As soon as we both softened up, as you say, but another way of phrasing that is I just said, what if I don't have this expectation? What if I just accept reality that Imogen cries and you weren't crying every day, but like for a while there you were, because you were pro to be clear, you've done like let's make it let's let's say what reality is. It's not that you were just sitting there crying and you were depressed every day. No, no, no. You were crying because you've done about fifteen years worth, maybe ten years worth of self improvement in about the first two years of our relationship. Sure. You, a lot like a lot happened. There's and it's like funny lot, actually, like I would a come lot of things. Come back to friends that I hadn't seen in like twelve months. And they'd be like, Oh, how have you been? Like, what's been happening? And I'd be like it was like an overwhelming amount of things. It's like, I don't even know where to start. And actually there was even a friend that I reached out to um, on Instagram who I haven't seen since high school, which was like four or five years ago. And she's like, oh, how have you been? And that question was just like, you don't. You don't know me. Yeah. Like I'm not the person that. (laughs) I've killed my inner loser. Hey, let's tie it back. You killed your inner loser for sure. Absolutely. Like 50 times over. Yeah. And so part of that process was very, like a lot of catharsis. You were crying every day because it was like you gave up binge eating. You gave up your anxiety disorder. You used to have panic attacks in public, remember? You used to like basically freak out and lay on the ground having a panic attack and an asthma Not attack. Laying on the ground. You did it yes. one time. You told me. I curled, curled up into a ball and people were asking me if I was okay because I was literally having a panic attack. Sitting on the bench, but sure. Fine. And so- you know, you've come from that. You quit your job. You quit your university degree. You went and got an internship. I talked about that on a recent podcast, actually. Mm-hmm. You went and got an internship and then eventually a job when you were supposed to go through university for three years and then do an internship. You skipped that entire process. That was very difficult. You started talking to random strangers and, like, making friends with random people in public so that you could build your self-confidence. Mm-hmm. We did a bunch of LSD trips together to really work through some childhood trauma and shit that you went through, mm-hmm. you know. I haven't talked about specifically what that is. Maybe you and I will at some point, but, you know, you can hint at it if you want to. If you don't, just shake your head. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, it was, like, basically some, like, grooming as a child. Yeah, like, sexual sexual trauma is what you Yeah. Like, sexual assault. And, yeah, I had all sorts of, like- As a child, as, like, an actual, like, eight-year-old child. Yeah, and I had all of these beliefs about, like, love, and there was, like, lots of discomfort around intimacy. Yeah. And so, I was working through a lot of that. And obviously, like, you being my first relationship and the first person that I, like, emotionally, like, romantically opened up to, Mm -hmm. that was, like, terrifying and very Mm -hmm. confronting, and I had to face a lot of stuff, like- Yeah, you basically had to heal, and this is why I say you've done, like, 10 years worth of self-improvement. You had to heal, like- Years worth of trauma. Your parents divorce as well. I've talked about that on podcasts. So have you. Mm-hmm. Like it was a very fucking messy divorce where both parents hated each other for years mm-hmm. and sort of used the children as like the translation between each other. Like, you know, you need to tell your father this. Okay. You need to tell your mother this. Like using the children as like the translator. Mm-hmm. 
mm. like the the messenger. Yeah, like all of that shit. Your brother, are you do you want to talk about? Do you want to? Well, yeah, I like at the time my brother was like clinically depressed and tried to commit suicide, and then yeah. my parents had very different ways of dealing with that. So there was like lots of arguments between the two, and like then, he actually properly tried to commit suicide. Like yeah, he ended up in hospital, sort of thing. Yeah, and then my like parents would get angry at each other for like their way of dealing with that and yeah. then try and use me to tell each other like what or like let each other know what's going on because they weren't communicating it was yeah not a good time and obviously as a result there was lots of stuff that i hadn't dealt with mm-hmm. like i remember at the time like like speaking to people like psychologists and things like that about it but I think even like when I met you and I talked about it, like I was like, "Oh, like the divorce was fine. Like it didn't, it didn't you, affect you me." You bottled everything up, yeah. And and part of what our relationship was was me getting you to say, like, you know, you're allowed to talk about this stuff, and getting you to slowly open up about it. And so all of this is a long roundabout way of saying it's not like you were just sitting there crying for nothing. And even when I say, you know, my story was my partner shouldn't let pathetically small things bother her. You were going through a hell of a lot at the time. Yeah, and it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's like the guy who's lost his job and his wife just left him and his kids don't want to speak to him. And, and then, then at the supermarket, cuts him off in traffic yeah, and, and then he like meltdown, loses yeah. his mind. Or like at the yeah. supermarket, they don't have the thing in stock that they and want. And he just starts crying and screaming. Yeah. Yeah. And some of my clients have gone through this. I've worked with plenty of clients who've like literally cried on call and like cry every day. And it's like it's part of the process. And. This is what I mean when I say stories. It's like the stories just argue with reality. Like I was, I had all these stories of like Imogen should be happy all the time. It's like how at some point I had to sit down and say, am I being reasonable by thinking that this person should be happy all the time with all the stuff that she is processing and actively processing? You've worked with like 10 counselors or something and different psychologists and nutritionists and, you know, gym coaches and a spiritual coach and a mental health coach. Like, we've we've worked and i have too i've worked with like that many people as well like going through all of that that's why i say you've done 10 years worth of processing most people don't open up about this shit and if you open up about it all at once yes you're not going to be happy all the time you're that's the point you're processing shit and when you're processing something you you're reliving it basically you're bringing it back up stuff that you had bottled up like the sexual assault as a child like bringing that back up reopens all those wounds and so it was not realistic of me i was arguing with reality to say imogen should be happy and fun and good all the time Mm. i was also projecting because i wasn't happy am i being happy am i being fun to be around when i'm expecting you to be happy no i'm full of stress i'm full of tension i'm putting expectations that's not me being happy and when i say my partner shouldn't let small things bother her i'm letting small things bother me I'm letting your unhappiness bother me. Mm. I'm doing the very thing, and we do this sometimes, when we argue with reality or we get frustrated with an expectation not being met, we're the ones not fucking meeting it. And we could say the same to you. When you were saying, my partner should be empathetic and considerate to me, I even pointed this out to you sometimes. I was like, are you fucking empathizing with me? Are you empathizing with how difficult it might be to be patient with you every single day and to, you know, love you through all of your processing and healing you're not empathizing with that. And you even said a few times, I can't empathize with you. Yeah. Like, I'm just like I logically much- understand, but like emotionally, I don't. I'm in too much of fuck. my own hurt. Yeah. And so you were doing the same thing. You're saying my partner should be empathetic, but I'm not going to do that. But yeah. he should be. But I-, I can't empathize with him. And me saying she should be happy all the time, but I'm not happy all the time. In fact, I'm going to be a grumpy asshole when she's not happy. 
we do this so much when we we project onto the other person and every single one of the stories that we had we were both guilty of like you had one that my partner should never be disappointed in me you're disappointed in me for being disappointed in you <laughs> and you had one like you know my partner should never be annoyed at me you're annoyed at me for being annoyed at you so we do this where we like put an expectation on the other person and then we break that expectation and we're almost mad at them for doing it as well. And we're like, but you should be better than me. Or like, we're not talking about me. We're talking about how you did it. You broke the expectation. It doesn't matter that I did as well. You did it first. And yeah. it's like, dude, if you want the expectation met, at least do it yourself. You go first. You be the brave one who meets that expectation. And then you can see if the other person does. Of course. And it's, it's funny because like, like we've been saying, like the stories or the expectations, they do keep you stuck. Like they, yeah. they always end up being like self-perpetuating where like you just kind of get stuck in this hole of like the more that you feed into it, the worse that it gets. And you mm. just go deeper and deeper and deeper and more stuck. And it just keeps going because the more that you argue with it, like the worse the problem itself actually yep. gets. Yep. And yeah, it requires just dropping, dropping the story, mm-hmm. letting it go. And just, like, stop, like, stop resisting, stop fighting. Because when you, like, obviously when you, like, physically, like, for an example, like, when you physically resist something, you get, like, a pushback. But as soon as you just, like, drop and let go, like, it's gone. You don't have to fight anything. There's no resistance. You both let your guard down. And you just accept reality. You love reality. You know, it's like Byron Katie. Byron Katie has this great quote, guys. Please just read her book. She's amazing. Start with loving what is. And then after that, read, I need your love. Is that true? But in Loving What Is and in a few of her books, she says, I am a lover of reality, not because I'm a spiritual person, but because it hurts when I argue with reality. Mm. And it does. It's it's fucking painful. It fucking hurts. We made ourselves miserable for the first. We weren't miserable all the time. We were pretty fucking happy in the relationship. Let's be honest. But we did have plenty of misery and suffering that we caused ourselves by saying, you should be different. I should be different. You should be different. I should be different. And at some point, Mm. it's like. We gave ourselves permission to suck and we just said, all right, we suck at this. What are we going to do now? How do we fix this? Let's work with what we got. We suck. We're not perfect. You don't meet my all my expectations. I don't meet all of yours. You know, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Cool. Like, how do we build a cool relationship? Yeah, it's funny because we've, we've spoken about this in podcast before, or like a video or something like that. One of the things that helped me the most was just accepting that sometimes the relationship is not going to feel good. Yeah, it doesn't feel perfect. It's not all rainbow and sunshines. And just accepting that, you can just then accept what is. Okay, like right now, the person isn't making me feel all tingles and sunshine and rainbow. And, you know, maybe they don't have a lot of energy. They're tired. He's tired from work. He's had a big work day or a big work week. Or she's busy and stressed. And so she doesn't make me dinner like she normally does. Or, you know, my boss is angry and stressed. And so he's not being very patient with me at work. That's the reality. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I find some happiness within that anyway? And when you drop that expectation, you then go and make your own happiness. Like if you come over my house one day and you're not full of energy and you don't seem very happy in the past, I would have said like, why do you even bother coming over? If you're not happy, what's even the point of being here? You're wasting my time. Like I would have argued with reality. Mm -hmm. Now I just say, oh, sweetie, you don't seem very happy. And you're like, yeah, I guess I'm not. And I'm like, come here, I'll give you a hug. And I hug you and I just accept like, okay, she's not going to be very happy today. That's okay. Like 
How can we do something chill that we would enjoy? Why don't we sit here and watch a fucking... Right now, we're watching a bunch of, like, rope-tying, like, shibari videos. We're learning how to be shibari experts. We're going to be yeah. little rope bondage experts. Because. And so I'll say, just come here, you know, you cuddle. I'll cuddle you or just watch some rope videos. Mm-hmm. And 15 minutes of cuddling later, you're like, you know what? I feel happy now. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for accepting that I was a bit tired and grumpy and not happy. Mm. Now I am happy. <clears throat> or the reverse. If... You come over and I'm disappointed in you for something. You know, before you would have been like, my partner should never be disappointed in me. Oh, my God, something's wrong. Why is he disappointed? Now you're just like, all right, he's disappointed. Okay. And then I fuck it. Like last night, I was disappointed with the ice cream thing. (laughs) We won't say what the ice cream thing was. Why not? You didn't do anything wrong. It was like, and no one did anything wrong. No one did anything wrong. The supermarket didn't have my ice cream. And I, I really looked forward to this ice cream. Again, that was an expectation or a story. And the reality was the supermarket didn't have the ice cream. Neither did the next supermarket or the next one. So we tried three different supermarkets. We couldn't get my ice cream that I wanted. It was just sold out for some reason or some of them didn't sell it. And so I was really disappointed. And in the past, you tend to not like when I'm disappointed. Usually because you go, I don't know how to help. I don't know what to do. Like I, you, you argue with reality whenever I'm disappointed. But last night you were like, okay, I'll try and give him some solutions. Okay, he doesn't want those solutions. Like, okay, I'll just give him a hug. And you literally just gave me a hug. And what did I say to you when you hugged me? That, that was what you wanted. I said, all I wanted was a hug. Thank you. Like, all I wanted was this fucking hug. Thank you. That's exactly what I wanted. Because you weren't arguing with reality. You said, okay, the reality is Andy's disappointed. I'm going to accept that. What can I do within that reality? In the past, you would have said, he shouldn't be disappointed. Why is he disappointed? He shouldn't be like this. Yeah. And you don't actually do anything to fix reality or to, to bend reality to, to your whim or to, to take the next logical step, which is give him a hug and now he's not disappointed. Or, you know, when you're sad, give her a hug and now she's not sad. We yeah. sit there and we fight reality and we argue with it and we don't actually get what we want. It's less effective than just saying, okay, I accept reality. Now, what am I going to do next? It's a shit strategy to argue with reality. It doesn't yeah, fucking work. You don't that, get what you want. It guarantees that it's not going to feel good. Yeah, it won't feel- You will suffer and you won't get what you want. It's like literally anything else other than arguing with reality has, a, be- okay. has a better chance yeah. of you not feeling shit. Whereas, yeah, yes. when you argue, you guarantee it's not going to feel good. It- Real- arguing with reality never feels good. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You suffer. And there's a- another Byron Katie book- Sorry, another Byron Katie quote. She says, I realized when I believed my thoughts, and when she says thoughts, just use the word expectations Mm. or stories. Like when I buy, when I believe my expectations, or when I believe that reality should be a certain way. So Mm. she says, I realized when I believed my thoughts, I suffered. And when I didn't believe my thoughts, I didn't suffer. And that that is true for every human being. Freedom is as simple as that. I have that quote memorized. I didn't even read that off. I just have that (laughs) fucking locked into my brain. So when I believe my thoughts or when I buy into my expectations and believe that they should happen that way, I suffer. And if I just simply don't believe them, if I'm like, no, that's just an expectation, but it doesn't have to, it it might not come true. Mm. If I just don't believe that expectation, I don't suffer. You don't. Mm-hmm. Like literally, guys, every single one of it, if you're ultra conservative and you get real pissed off at like libtards and the leftists and all of this, you're pissed off because you expect that they should be a different way or that they shouldn't be like that. If you just let go of that, like if you literally just don't believe the thought that they should be different, mm. you won't suffer. 
you'll immediately just go like, yeah, they're a bit wacky and I don't believe the things they believe. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Done. You don't suffer now. You go, yeah, some people in the world are a bit wacky. Some people are different to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to suffer. Mm-hmm. All the leftists out there, all the progressives, they're just as bad at this. Maybe they're even worse. Who fucking knows? But they're equally bad. They will sit there and go, conservatives should do this. Everyone should care about the environment. Everyone should be a feminist. You should do. You should. You should use my pronouns. You. Everybody should use my pronouns. Everybody should trust that I'm a. You know, blah blah blah. You should just believe everything I say. And tr- and if you let go of that story, if you let go of that expectation, if you don't believe that everybody should care about your gender or should care about the environment. If you just Mm. don't believe that, you stop suffering immediately. Yes. And then when you're not suffering, you can now go and have an impact on the environment. You can now go and be an activist from a healthy, loving way where you will change more hearts and minds. But if you're in this denial of reality, you literally won't get the thing you want. Guys, you're not converting any... I know most of you are not political, but... Mm. So I don't know why I'm speaking to you, but anyone who is political, they don't bring people onto their side by arguing with reality and fighting that person and being mad at them and going, fucking libtards, stupid fucking redneck, right ring, you know, you don't bring anyone to your side. But if you just say like, okay, what do the leftists believe? They believe this. Okay, what do the conservatives believe? They believe this. Okay, can we find some common ground? Can I see things from their point of view? Maybe they're right. Fuck, maybe I'm even wrong. Maybe it's not even right or wrong. It's just different opinions. From that acceptance of reality, now you can make friends with some of them. I know that might seem like to some people, they're like, oh, I can't make friends with the enemy. Are they even the enemy? That's a story you're telling yourself as Mm -hmm. well. Why are they the enemy? What happens if you don't believe the story that they're the enemy? There's peace in that. Because now you don't see half the country as your enemy. Because that's what everyone is doing when they believe in right versus left, especially in America. Your your divisions are about 50-50. There's roughly 50% conservatives mm-hmm. or Democrats or whatever, not Democrats, Republicans, and 50% Democrats. Yeah, it does seem to work out roughly 50-50. With slight mm-hmm. balance one way, you know, sometimes it's 60-40, but it's like pretty close to, to even. Mm-hmm. If you believe the other side is the enemy, you have to suffer. You will suffer. You believe half of your country is your enemy. But if instead you just say, oh, you know, they just voted, they just put a one in the box on a different column <laughs> than me. Now you don't suffer. You're just like, oh, well, I don't even know if they're my enemy. I don't know them. How do I know they're my enemy? Yeah. And like at the end of the day, you don't need to be best friends or be in a relationship with people that you're not compatible with or that you fundamentally like have like disagree with. But the yep. point is that- You don't have to suffer. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to argue with the fact that they exist and you deny reality. You can literally even say, I think they're wacky as fuck and I don't believe a single thing they say. That's That's fine. That's still reality. But to sit there and say they shouldn't, that's what we're saying not to do. Don't sit there and say they shouldn't believe the things they believe. They should believe me. They shouldn't, you know, be trying to force me to do their gender pronouns. They shouldn't be, like, giving hormones to children. And then on the left side, conservatives shouldn't be stopping me from having an abortion. Well, they are, so what are you going to do? Yeah, the issue is wishing that things were different, but not doing yeah. anything to make them different. Yeah, you don't need to go around saying, like, it's amazing that you want this thing that I don't agree with. Yeah, like- you don't have to agree with everything, but at least accept it and then decide what you're going to do next. Again, the issue is when you argue with reality, you're not actually doing anything to change anything. You're wasting time mentally masturbating. You are mental masturbating when you go, oh, it shouldn't be this way. Well, it is. So grow up. What are you going to do about it? 
What are you going to do next? Yeah. So, like, tying it back to relationships, if there is, like, a fund- fundamental disagreement in a relationship or, like, you can't get past some sort of issue, once you let go of, like, things should be different, they they need to change their opinion, they need to act differently, when you let go of that, you can come from a place of peace, mm-hmm. you can be rational and you can be like, okay, you will actually we don't- get what you want. We, or not even that, it's like, or yes, you will get what you want, but you can say, like, okay, we don't agree on this, like, what- you can all of a sudden come from a rational, logical place where you're not super emotional. So like, okay, what do I want to do? And when you're not when you're not emotional, maybe you can even say like, okay, this person ultimately isn't going to give me what I want. Maybe we need to break up. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're in a more stoic, calm, rational, logical frame of mind. When we haven't even said that. When you're arguing with, with reality, you're emotional. You're not logical when you argue with reality. In fact, that's the most, as Byron Katie says, most insane thing you can do. Yeah, it's funny because, like, Byron Katie also says, obviously, we like Byron Katie. (laughs) She's a good fucking bitch. Byron Katie is a good bitch. All go buy her books. Start with loving what is. She's amazing. Every single person I've recommended that book to loves it. Like, they go, holy shit, you're right. It's just stoicism. She's literally talking about stoicism, but she's like this old grandmother who's, like, really sweet, <laughs> and she calls everyone sweetheart and, like, lovely and... Darling and Darling and, and... Yeah. <laughs> and she's literally just talking stoicism. Like, how is she this fucking stoic? She's probably the most stoic woman I've ever known. Uh, maybe even more than, like, Ayn Rand. And I like Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand is pretty fucking logical and rational. I think Byron Katie's more rational and logical, mm. but with a grandmother persona wrapped mm. up. It's like Betty Crockett, like, <laughs> like grandma. But it's it's funny. So she will talk about, like, people who, like, label themselves as activists will defend their anger and say, like, no, I need this anger because it sparks change. Like, it motivates me to do something and take action. And she says, like, is that really true? Like... When you're when you let go of that anger and you're actually coming from a peaceful, loving, accepting rational reality place, yeah. Yep. Do you which, not- which which let's interject. Accepting reality brings you peace. Like I'll yep. make that clear. So when you accept reality, you are peaceful. Yep. Continue. Yeah. Does that like coming from that place not mean that you're able to make more intelligent, yeah, rational, who, who makes decisions more- to like actually take like action that's going to have more of an effect? Like, who makes more impact on, let's just pick, like, if you're an activist, let's just pick the environment. Who makes, or or let's say, like, social change. Who makes more social change? The person who's, like, an irrational, redhead, like, feminist just screeching at the top of her lungs, like, that's a fucking meme. Like, we all know that that person doesn't make any change. They become a laughingstock because they're emotional. Everyone mocks them, yeah. Who makes more change, them or someone like Gandhi or someone like Mother fucking Teresa? Or someone like Byron Katie, who comes from this, like, peaceful, loving place, and they're just like, no, I'm full of love. I, or Martin Luther King. Like, I have a dream. Did Martin Luther get up there and say, you all are a bunch of fucking white redneck hicks, and you're all fucking racist, and you all need to, like, do better. You need to do better. You're all fucking, you're the problem. You're racist to the problem. White people are the problem. No, Martin Luther King was smart enough to go, no, I got to sell them on the peaceful, sweet, nice aspect. I have a dream. Imagine little black boys and little white boys being fucking friends and not thinking about race. He, he sold you on the peaceful, like, nice. He mm-hmm. came from a place of, like, I'm going to accept reality for what it is right now, and then I'm going to see what I can do to have a positive impact. Again, if he'd sat there and said, you all shouldn't be racist. It's like, well, they are Martin Luther King. So mm. what are you going to do about it? Mm. And yeah, he did something about it. He did a lot about it. Yeah. Yeah. Back on the relationship side of things, 
when you have these expectations, you know, we've talked about accepting reality, but mm. I want to make it really clear. When we say accepting reality, I really hope this has come across. I, I think it has, but I want to drill it in for those who maybe are a little thick headed, a little numb. <laughs> <laughs> I had a to little, make that joke. But for, if you haven't quite picked it up, I don't think you're thick-headed at all. None of my audience are thick You all are pretty fucking intelligent. Uh, and that's not me pandering. Like, I think you guys know, like, yeah, we're the 1%. You're all fucking autistic nerds like me. So now that I've insulted my audience, although I say autistic as a, a nerd compliment. as like a compliment. Yeah. yeah. I tell so many of my coaching clients um, that they're autistic. Like the one guy who just lost it. Anyway, sidetrack, sidetrack, get back on topic. We'll, we'll talk about that guy in a second. But um, I, I want to make something really clear. When we say accept reality, we don't mean be passive. We don't mean do nothing. We don't mean sit there and go, reality is what it is, so I'm just going to sit here and accept it and just keep suffering. No, 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 no. We're saying accept the current situation for what it is and then work out what you're going to do to change it. There's a book that I love, a really masculine book called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. If you guys haven't read that, you'll love that book. Mm. You'll be so glad I just recommended that book. He's he's like the most buff. He's built like a tank. And if you listen, he has a podcast. Mm. If you haven't read his book, go listen to one podcast episode You and pour, mute the video and just look at what he looks like. Mm. And then imagine what you think his voice looks like. And then sounds unmute the like video it. and you're going to be like, oh, my God, he sounds he sounds like a fucking like tank. He literally sounds like a tank and he's built like a tank and his co-host is even more muscular than him. Like this big fucking bald headed black dude, like with muscles, like balloon arms. Like they both just are hyper masculine. And Jocko Willink is like, you got to get up at 4am every fucking day and crush the day. And by the way, guys, I don't recommend you get up at 4am. That's really fucking retarded. For your sleep. Even mm. Jocko Willink himself has said, yeah, probably other people don't need to be doing this, but he's hyper masculine. Mm. And in this book, he talks about something called prioritize and execute. And he also talks about assess. These are, he, he was in the Navy SEALs mm -hmm. and that was a, a concept that was drilled into them, which was when you're in the middle of like a gunfight or you're in a really stressful situation, basically look around, assess the situation, prioritize, like work out what you want it, what your, your list of priority priorities are, like what mm -hmm. the next step is and then execute on that, like do it. And so that first step of assessing the situation, which anyone in the military, you know, Navy or whatever, Air Force, they'll, they'll, they'll be able to tell you this. They're like, yeah, in the middle, you need to look around and actually see what's going on. Mm -hmm. You don't just like start shooting your gun in the fucking direction where you think the enemy is because that could be your fucking friend. Like you need to actually pay attention to what's going on. That is accepting reality. And Jocko Willink talks about this where he, he, he's, he doesn't say accepting reality, but if you read the book, because he gives advice to businesses. He consults for businesses. Mm -hmm. And he also consults for like military people and stuff like that. And he talks a lot about like accepting reality and not arguing with it. He doesn't phrase it like that. But it's where people are going like, my boss should do this. Or my coworker should do this. And he's like, well, they're not. So assess the situation. Mm. Step one, assess the situation. They are not currently doing what you want them to do. Mm. So don't, don't sit there and say it should be different. No, the situation is this. Okay, we've got a good read on the situation. What's the list of priorities and which one are we going to do first? Let's execute. And mm -hmm. so I really want to drill it into you guys. I think we've drilled it in that yes. <clears throat> it's not about accepting reality and, and then admitting defeat. No, it's accept reality, assess the situation, and they go, okay, fuck, what do I want to do next? And then I'm going to execute on that. So mm -hmm. even people like Jocko Willing talk about the same shit. Everybody who's a self-improvement <clears throat> you know, writer or podcaster or YouTuber, anyone who's achieved anything will tell you like, 
the first step is you have to admit. I mean, it's in the fucking AA program for Alcoholics Anonymous. It's like admit that you have a problem, which is another way of saying admit reality. You can't. Every entrepreneur will say, okay, you need to like say where you are right now. If you're struggling with money, it's like the first step is write a budget so you can see what the reality is. Like yeah. accepting reality, or at least maybe just say opening your eyes to reality, seeing what reality is, if that makes it easier for you to understand. Seeing reality, like writing down what reality is. Mm-hmm. When we say accept, I think people think that that means, oh, accept it and don't change it. No, 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 no. Assess reality. Mm-hmm. See what reality is. Take inventory of reality. Yes. Be accurate with reality, however you want to phrase that. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to make really clear, <clears throat> excuse me. In a relationship context, when you accept that reality, your next step might be, or in a lot of cases, sometimes it will be you just accept reality. You take a deep breath and you go, you know what? I'm okay with this as it is. Mm. The next thing I'm going to do is go live my own life. And if, you know, if she's grumpy today, that's fine. I'll accept that she's grumpy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to think she shouldn't be grumpy. Mm. She should be taking, she should be making the most of our time together. She should be grateful for the time and make the most of it. No, I'm going to stop that. I'm going to accept, okay, she's grumpy now. I'm just going to go read a book and she'll calm down or I'm going to go hang out with my boys. I'm going to hang out with my friends and she'll be okay in an hour or two. Like that might be the answer. Maybe I just meditate and not care that she's grumpy. She can be grumpy. I don't care. Other times the answer might be communication. Mm -hmm. You might literally say to the person, listen, here's something I really want. You and I have done this where you've said like, I just want a hug. And I'm like, here you go. Here's a hug. Sometimes accepting reality and then, and then changing it is just saying to the other person, this is what I want. And if they don't give it to you or the story still doesn't play out how you want or you don't get the expectations met, like, it, that's okay. Yeah, you accept that. Yeah. You can always use your yeah, words and, and you ask could, what you, you want. You can accept it and say, okay, well, I'm going to do something else now. Maybe I'll ask in a different way. Maybe I'll, I'll drop the thing entirely and I'll just go hang out with my friends and not care. Like, yeah. Like you said- don't, don't give up. Accepting reality isn't saying like- I quit or I give up or I lose. I guess I don't want, get what I want. Yeah. She's sad. So, like, there's nothing I can do about it. We're just going to, like, yeah, wallow in sadness. That. It's like- Okay, she's sad. Like, what what do I want to do? And then maybe I can help with that. Or like, if I'm the one that's sad, it's like, okay, what what am I going to do about that? Maybe I can ask for what I want. Yeah, yep. it it certainly doesn't mean like this is the way that it is. This is the way that it always has to be. That's yeah, not it at all. And you hinted at this before. You said this uh, directly. Actually, sometimes the answer in a relationship context will be, okay, I accept the reality that I don't know. Let's pick a really egregious example. Let's say. Uh, you guys have entered a monogamous relationship. You've laid out all the rules. And by the way, I don't count it as monogamous. If you don't sit down and and say the rules first, maybe we can do a podcast on that at some point. Most people get into a de facto, like default monogamous relationship, but they never sit down and say, by the way, I would like to be monogamous with you. Would you like to be monogamous with me? Yes. Okay. Let's write up essentially a contract. You don't have to write it up, but I like to, you and I did. Mm. Let's write up a contract basically saying our ground rules and don't do this before you've been together for at least a year. Like don't hit her with this in the first week of casual sex. Like, but you sit down and say, what are our rules? Okay. I don't want you to, I I want a partner who doesn't sleep with other people. Can you do that? Yeah, of course I can. I want to do that for you. What do you want? Yeah, I want the same thing. Yeah, well, fuck yeah, I I can do that. Let's let's agree we do that. And if Mm -hmm. we don't, what are the consequences? If you haven't had that conversation, Mm -hmm. I don't count it as monogamous. It's not, you can't be pissed off that the other person, and people do this. They'll just see each other for a while. And they're like, oh, I guess we're boyfriend, girlfriend now. And then one of them will go and sleep with someone else. And then you cheated on me. It's like, we never said that I couldn't do that. 
You never told me you didn't want me to do that. Yeah, but you should just know. Again, that's these stories or these like expectations. Mm -hmm. It's like, how should I know? We didn't have the conversation. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be like, even if you were dating casually, but you preferred not like, it doesn't have to be this like, especially like you said, if it's like before a year or it's still early in, you can have it in a more casual way of like, yeah, I'm not, say, I'm not really looking to be with anyone that wants to see other people. Yeah, like I only like want to see one person at a time. Is and, that like something that you're? Yeah. Is that something you're, you you want to offer me? Is that something you want to meet? And never, never say to people like, you can't see other people. Like that's not, we're not here to control anyone. You say, yeah. what I am looking for is someone who sleeps with only me and I would sleep with only them. And yeah, you're right. You can do this in a casual relationship. You could do this after you've slept together a couple of times. Fuck, you can do it before you even sleep together if you want to. If as long as you're clear with your expectations and don't control them. Mm, of course. And if they say, yeah, I agree to that. Yeah, that sounds cool. That's what I'm looking for. Then you say like, okay, well- what happens if one of us doesn't do that? I'm just letting you know, I'm not going to control you. I can't stop you doing this. I'm not going to demand that you don't do this. But if you were to sleep with someone else, I I would just peace out. I'd say like, hey, it was nice, you know, having time with you. I'm going to move on now. Like, yeah, that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah, that's a deal breaker. And that's what we're talking about here. If 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 you do have an expectation that is a complete deal breaker, and again, I recommend you always tell your partners your deal breakers and your expectations. If you tell people your expectations, there's a chance they can meet them. Like if you even say, uh, you know, honey, I kind of had, or a casual relationship, you know, I kind of had an expectation that we would see each other like one, twice a week mm. and you just seem a bit busy. Like, can you do twice a week or is that not possible? Like, should I drop my expectations? Is that unrealistic? Could you, could we see each other once a week, one week and twice? Like you can communicate and talk through your expectations. I'm not saying to just let go of all expectations. You communicate them. But sometimes the person will say, I can't meet that expectation. I'm sorry. I really can't give you that. And you're like, okay, well, I actually was looking for a girl. Like, like sometimes you'll have a girl that only sees you. Like one of the girls that we're seeing, mm -hmm. I don't even think we're seeing her. Let's be honest. We've seen her a couple of times in the past. We've had her on the podcast, the, the virgin girl with the broken ankle. You know, she's a really sweet, lovely human being, but she only sees us like once every three months. Yep. And we offer, we text her and she just doesn't reply and she'll reply like a month later and be like, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, can I see you this weekend? And nothing against her. She's just busy. Yeah. Or and doing her own thing. And I has different priorities. Yeah. I don't think we're the highest priority and that's fair enough. She has other people that she's seeing. I think she's getting relatively serious with a guy that she's seeing as well. <clears throat> and so for us, it's kind of something we want that the girls will be like, not reliable, but they'll see us a certain amount of times. Like, and once every three months is probably a bit too long for us. We're like, no, nah, like we've forgotten who you are at that point. Mm -hmm. And then when you hit us up, it's like, oh, fuck, okay. Like, I, I, it's not really what we're looking for. Yeah. And so sometimes this will happen. And so you say to her, hey, can you see us more often? And this girl can't. In fact, she won't really even reply to tech. Like, she's just not responsive. We've seen her like four times now. She's just not super responsive. Mm. And so the other person can't meet your expectations. If that's a deal breaker for you, that's okay. You're allowed to like move on. Like no hard feelings. Be nice about it. Don't be butthurt. Don't be like... You missed out, bitch. You could have, like, well, like, you're a stupid bitch. Like, why didn't you see us more? Be nice. Just be like, hey, like, you know, it looks like we're just looking for different things. Like, I wish you all the best. I hope you have an amazing life. It was really nice spending time with you. We had some great memories, great times. Like, move on. So we want to make it clear that if, if there is an expectation you have that's, like, a really strong deal breaker if they don't meet it, 
Mm-hmm. Just communicate that, and you're yeah. allowed to walk away. We're not saying let go of all expectations, and you just have let to the let the person do whatever they want. And yeah, be we're not okay saying be that. a doormat and have no boundaries. No, 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 not at all. We're just saying don't sit there and fight with reality. Like if we sit there and mm-hmm. said, if we were to sit here and say, how come this girl doesn't see us more often? Doesn't she care about us? Like it's she should care about. She should at least text us. She should at least reply in a timely fashion. She takes like weeks to reply, and then and then she just randomly hits us up and says, hey, can I hang out now? Like that would just be making us suffer the reality is she doesn't really reply to text messages the reality is she sees us when she feels she's like a cat she comes and goes when she feels like it and we can't control that that's the reality and if we were to sit there arguing with that or wishing it were different or getting frustrated or angry or annoyed by it we're just suffering yeah and so having some patience helps having you know the humility to say the other person has their own shit and i'm not that maybe i'm not god i can't control other people to do what i want Another thing that helps in a relationship is you won't always like the other person and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like there will be moments where you don't massively like them. You still love them. You still care about them if we're talking about a serious relationship. But, you know, ha- dropping the expectation of like I should always like them and it should always feel magical and we should always have magical chemistry and it should feel wonderful. It's like, no, some days they're tired and they're mm-hmm. a bit grumpy and snappy and you go, I don't like you very much today. Mm-hmm. You're grumpy. You're a grumpy bum. That's okay. Like, accept that today you don't like them. That's okay. Maybe you like them tomorrow. Maybe you won't. It doesn't really matter. Like, today you don't like them. That's okay. And funnily enough, accepting that brings you peace. And then you look at them and you go, well, I don't like them. But, like, maybe they're grumpy because they're having a bad day. And you go, like, are you okay? And they're like, no, I'm having a really bad day. And you're like, do you want a hug? You give them a hug. And then you go, you know what? Maybe I do like them. Or maybe I still don't like them, but I'm at least not arguing with it and fighting it and being extra suffering. Yeah, you can be okay with the way that it is. Yeah, you're okay with the fact that it doesn't feel tingly and magical today. Mm. Reminding yourself that every problem has a solution and you can work through everything. And mm-hmm. sometimes the solution is that you break up, like that's a solution as well, or that you just accept that, hey, the relationship doesn't feel great for this couple of weeks. That's mm-hmm. okay. We're just going through like a little down period or a rut, if you want to call it that. That's okay. I'll focus on my goals. I'll focus on my mission, which you want to be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. She's going to focus on her shit. We'll give each other a bit of space. We, you and I have done this several times yeah. where we've had a bit of space. We come back and we're like, hey, I'm really glad we had that space. But if we had sat there and I had said, you're grumpy and you shouldn't be, and you had gone like, but you should be accepting me for being grumpy, I think we would have broken up several times. Yeah. There's, Th- been there's a chance we could have broken up. Opportunities to, when yeah. things haven't been going well, there have been plenty of opportunities where if we were different people or the situations were slightly different that we could have broken up. Yeah. If we hadn't let go of the expectations of how you should behave or how I should feel, Mm -hmm. you're just disappointing yourself when you have these expectations. And there's a really good Buddhist quote that I love. I've said it in a previous podcast, actually recently, eventually everybody lets you down. Mm -hmm. And the point there is it's not that everybody's like a shitty human and they're all disappointing and all of that. No, no, no. Stop and think about it. Have an actual think. It's that, you have expectations and eventually people won't meet those expectations. Mm-hmm. If you have expectations, eventually someone, every single person will let you down. Every single person will eventually do something that you didn't think they should do or you didn't want them to do or you didn't know they were going to do and you were caught off guard. Like people are their own people. They're going to yes. do their own shit and they mm-hmm. can't read your mind. They don't even know what you want. And so even if you just communicate, communication helps with this expectations things a lot too. Mm-hmm. If you just say, hey, I kind of had an expectation, but you phrase it like this. You say, I kind of wanted, or I was hoping this would happen. Well, fine. You can say I had an expectation. Mm-hmm. If you communicate that, 
honestly, like 70% of the time, the other person goes like, yeah, I can give you that. Yeah, I'll do that for you. Yeah, yeah I didn't even know you wanted that. Sure. Yeah, I think it comes back to the fact that like a lot of the time, the other person's like, I didn't know. I didn't know you, you wanted, wanted that. that. You didn't tell me. Yeah. And we've had this where like you're grumpy and you go, all I wanted was a hug. Or I do the same thing too. When I get grumpy. You did it last night. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted a hug, but I didn't tell you. Yeah. And then when, you know, like if I just said, can you just give me a hug? You're like, here's a hug. Cool. I feel good. So, yeah, just saying what you want. We'll wrap up there. It's been about an hour. Ooh, an hour. This was good. I like talking about this shit. This was mm. fun. Yeah. I do want to shout out one of my boys, mm. one of my one-on-one clients, and he's also in the group. You know, you get both if you sign up for coaching. One of my boys, one of my boys, I'm not going to say his name. I th- I think, I hope, I really hope he'll come on the podcast. Mm. He's only like four weeks into his coaching, though, so he won't be on the podcast or YouTube for ages. I, I do like the interviews with with people at the end. So you guys will have to wait like fucking two or three months. But my boy just lost his virginity. He's like 22. Mm-hmm. He's ultra fucking. I don't even think he'll care about me saying this because I say this to him all the time. He's like ultra fucking like nerdy and autistic. And I said to him in the early, like, because obviously guys that are super like hyper nerds, they worry that like, yeah, like turbo nerds. Again, we already touched on this, but that kind of is a compliment. I'm saying it in a compliment. Yeah, I'm, I hope it comes across as a compliment. I genuinely mean it as that. And I, I said to him, and I say this to every one of my guys who's like ultra fucking nerdy, like hyper nerd, hyper autist. I say like, you are the easiest fucking people to coach. You are the easiest people to work with because you remind me of myself. I was a turbo autist. I was a turbo <laughs> fucking nerd. Like, that's why I, I say it in a good way. I, most of what I've done, has been because I'm just so... My brain is fucking autistic. And I'm like, I need to know how things work. Mm. And also, I don't seem to have an aversion to doing things that are socially, like, weird. Uncalibrated. Yeah. I just don't seem to care about being socially... Like, I'm reasonably socially calibrated. But, like, all the time, I just do shit that other people will be like, no, you can't do that. You regularly, like, when we'll go for walks, we'll do things, like weird things that make me highly uncomfortable yeah i just do weird shit like, like people will be having a conversation comments. loudly and i would just like stand next to them or walk past them i'd be like yeah i agree yeah no yeah john is being a dick lately and like most of the time they giggle but like i'll do weird shit that you're not supposed to do so to speak because my brain is like i need to know how things work i need to know what happens if i do that sure like or, i need or to it's know fun everything to just like it's fun to break the rules. Poke at reality. Yeah, and be yeah like, it's ah, fun to fuck funny. around with reality and see what happens. Like, see sure. how if I pull the curtain aside, who's behind the curtain? Or, like, does the fabric of reality start to pull apart if I gently pull at it? If I tug at the thread of reality, does it all come apart? And a lot of the time it does. It's like cool shit happens when you fuck around. And so a lot of my autistic nerdy clients are like that. Like, this guy in particular does a lot of, like, ex- he, like, pulls all these electronics apart. He's like pulled his fucking dishwasher apart and he's like, I wanted to hack the circuit board and like add some functionality. And I'm like, bro, that's fucking amazing. Hmm. But he thought like, oh, girls will find me like a weird nerd. I remember he even said like, I'm afraid to tell girls that I do this. And I was like, bro, it's cool as shit. Just tell girls like, yo, I hacked my dishwasher. What's up? What's up, bitch? I hacked my dishwasher. Do you want me to come hack your microwave? And that's not a euphemism. Like I'll actually hack your fucking microwave. (laughs) And so I love working with nerdy autistic guys because they will just do the things I suggest Mm. without thinking like, oh, but like, isn't that weird? They'll be like, bro, I've been weird my whole life. Like, and, and any of you who are just nerdy or like, you know, you focused on video games or you focused on your career or you didn't have a lot of friends or you weren't like hyper social with women. You guys are the easiest to work with because mm. you've been weird your whole life. 
And so going and doing something weird is like, yeah, but I'm. it's very easy for me to convince you that like doing this weird thing is no different from the weird outcast you've been since like high school or like mm-hmm. earlier than that, since you were a fucking kid. And so like this guy, it was so easy for me to give him a bunch of weird challenges and shit. I was like, go stand in public for 10 minutes and don't move. Go just start random conversations with girls and then ask for their phone number. Go just take photos in public. And if any girls see you, like- He's just started doing, like, so much weird shit. And he's been getting yeah. phone numbers from girls. He's been, like, going out with, like, wingmen and just, like, meeting random people. And last night, or it'll be two days ago, um, actually, it'll be later than that. By the time you hear this podcast, it would have been a couple of weeks ago. But he'll still be in the group. He'll still be in the coaching group, actually. Um, last night, as I record this, mm. he lost his fucking virginity and i was so goddamn proud of him oh my god i was so happy it was just mm-hmm. like it was some it's the coolest story ever maybe i won't tell the full story because i want to say like he can tell it because it's a cool story but basically the gist is it was a 52 year old woman mm-hmm. and he's 20 and they had sex and foreplay for about four hours mm-hmm. and she said afterwards that was the best sex of my life nobody's cared about my pleasure that much and so he's like on cloud nine. He's like, I lost my virginity. And she said it was the best sex of her and entire life. And we explored a bunch. And she's and- 52. So it's not like she's an 18-year-old going like, that was the best sex of my life. And it's like, yeah, but you've only had sex five times. It's like, she's 52. She's probably had a decent amount of sex. Like, she's probably had a lot of sex. Like, she's been in a relationship. She's had a decent. And he's yeah. the best. And he didn't know what he was doing. And that was the point. Like, the reason he did such a good job is I drilled him. I fucking drilled him so much. We spent hours me telling him, like, bro, listen, your superpower is that you're a fucking nerd. That is your superpower. And mm-hmm. so when you get in the bedroom with the first chick, like, what you got to do is you got to try everything. The same way you pull your dishwasher apart and look at all the circuits and get in there and fucking get your little nerdy magnifying glass and, like, oh, how does what is this capacitor doing? What is this fucking, <laughs> like, you analyze the circuit board and you just figure out what's what's going on. Mm. You know, he even said, like, I just love to see how, what reality is. Like, it's funny we're talking about reality. That's mm. why I, I thought it'd be good to segue to this guy. He likes to see how reality works mm-hmm. and pull it apart, like I do. Like, this, this is me, guys. This is me. That's why I say he's a nerd, because I'm a nerd. Mm. And I said to him, I drilled it into him, the way you be good at sex, because he was terrified. Lots of like nerdy guys are like, man, especially virgin guys are like, I don't know how I'm going to be good at sex. I'm going to be shit. And I'm like, listen, this is your fucking superpower right here. Listen to me. All of you listening, listen to me. The same way that you like to figure out how fucking video games work or how Dungeons and Dragons work or how a circuit works. Mm -hmm. Do that with a woman's body. Spend literally hours experimenting and trying every weird fucking thing that comes into your head. I even said this in the Tinder guide. I said, being good at foreplay and being good at sex is just trying every weird thing that comes into your head. This is how I go good at sex. Mm. And so I said to him, just try playing with her nipples. Try pinching them gently. Try pinching them harder. Try pinching them in a twisting motion. Try pinching counterclockwise and see if that's different from clockwise. Try licking her nipples up and down. Try licking them side to side. See if that's different from up and down. Ask her, does that feel different from when I do it up and down? Try licking in circles. Try biting gently. Try biting harder. Try tugging on them. Try flicking them. Try like I gave him like a list of 50 fucking things to do with just her nipples. Mm. I said, try doing one at a time. Try doing both at a time. See if the left one is more intense than the right one. Like, yeah, he's going to become a little sex expert. He's going to become a sex god. And that's my point. <laughs> is like, try everything. Okay, that's the nipples. Now try that with her clip. Now try that with her fucking boobs. Try that. See if the boobs feel good if you don't touch the nipples. Try her neck. There's like a million things you can do with a girl's neck. And girls love when you play with their neck. Try her pussy. Try fingering. One finger, two fingers. Try gentle. Try rough. Try, like, feel around in the pussy. Literally become like an autistic fucking nerd. Like, you're in your own head. 
still be present with her. But like you're in your head trying to figure out how her fucking body works. And every single nerdy guy that I give this to, I tell most of my clients to do this, but especially the nerdy dudes, the hyper fucking nerds. Mm. When I tell them this and they do all this, yeah, every single time they're like, wow, the girl said that that was like the most amazing experience of her life. Like he did this for four hours, guys. He was just was like, yeah, yeah, it was just trying everything. He's like, I need to know everything. I just want to see how it works. And like, that won't be like, he'll go and do this next time. And he'll do this a million times. And this is the shit I've done. How many times have I had, like the threesome that you and I had, the first threesome we had was like an eight hour threesome. Yeah. We just did like a whole bunch I was just of trying everything. different stuff. Cause like, I was like, I, I just know. need to see how everything works. Yeah. Like the same as most of the sex I've had. It's like, I just want to try every weird fucking thing. Mm. Like. We both kind of do though. We want to like try all the different things yeah. and like, we like have what's everything we can try. Let's try it all. Incredibly long bucket lists. Yeah. We have a bucket list with like a billion things on it. Cause it's like, I need to see how reality works. I need to see how human sexuality works. I need to see how every woman is works. Cause every woman's different. Of course. Like, and that makes it, it's like infinite variety right there. Mm. And so, you know, he played around with her for four hours. You know, she said, obviously that was the best sex of my life. And I was like, yeah, bro, I told you that would happen. I told you if you just experiment, she'd say that was the best ever. Mm. So he's so fucking happy. He's like on cloud nine and I'm so fucking happy for him. So any of you that are doing the same, like you're in the same position, just try a bunch of different stuff. Literally just become like hyper autist on it, just literally on her body. Like, okay, imagine this is like, I don't know, whatever you're into, like a Dungeons and Dragons. I know there's no board for Dungeons and Dragons, but a Dungeons and Dragons scenario. And I need to figure out how everything works or Mm -hmm. fucking, (laughs) yeah, like a circuit board or some shit. So get nerdy, try everything. She'll tell you that you're a sex god and that's going to surprise you because you're going to be in your mind thinking like, this is probably going to be awkward. She's going to say I'm awful because I'm just trying weird shit. And it's like, from her point of view, she's like, how is he this creative? Mm. No guy and- has ever, and she even said, like, no guy, no guy has cared about my pleasure as much as you did. She said that to him. Because, yeah. like, you look like you care. You're spending four hours making her feel good. Because the point is to try things that make her feel good. Of course. Don't, like you're don't not, you're do not things doing, that like, make her really feel bad. weird shit. Like, you're, you're playing with your nipples. Don't punch, Generally yeah, speaking, don't punch her in the stomach to badly. see what happens. So let's make it clear it's it's within the confines of like you're trying to make her feel good you're trying to find out how to make her feel good you're just trying a bunch of shit and if it doesn't feel good like if if you say how does that feel and she goes like uh like nothing okay cool that didn't feel good check that off the list what should i try next sure. you're trying a bunch of shit until you find out like the cheat codes you're literally trying to find the cheat codes to enter into the fucking video game that is her body like how do i figure out how i can just like make a woman orgasm in like 30 seconds yeah how yeah. do i make this woman feel good because each woman will be different You'll see each woman is a different, like, DLC. I'm getting really nerdy with the fucking video game references. Yeah. <laughs> Downloadable content is what that Ooh. stands for, Imogen. But, yeah, so this guy isn't special. You guys can absolutely do the same shit as him. Mm-hmm. I'm super fucking happy for him. Mm. If any of you are hyper nerds and you're sitting there, so many of you are, like, hyper nerds, and you're thinking, like, I can't get laid. I'm a virgin. I've just focused on my career or I have no friends. Please hit me up for coaching. You guys are literally my favorite people to work with because, like, I see a lot of myself in you guys. Mm-hmm. The reason I got good at sex and all of this stuff is because I just try a bunch of different stuff and see what happens. I just try. <laughs> Everything I've done is I, I did a, an article called This Is All Just a Big Experiment. Yes. And the point was I was like, yo, life is a fucking game. Just play around with shit. There's no rules. Mm-hmm. Like, no one says you can't do shit apart from I would say don't hurt people intentionally. That's about the only rule. The non-aggression principle, for those of you libertarians, if you don't know what that is, it's basically a principle that says just don't aggress on other people. Don't hurt them. Don't force them to do something they don't want to do. Don't bully them. Don't physically violate. Don't don't commit violence on them. Just yeah. be nice to people. That's it. You don't even have to be nice. You can be a bit of a dick if you want to. I, I wouldn't encourage that. But like, just don't hurt people mm. emotionally 
or physically try not to hurt people intentionally. Yep. So this guy can do it. You guys absolutely can. Please hit me up. I see too many like hyper nerds going like, oh, you know, it's too late for me. I can't do this. Like, again, I really want to drill in that you guys are the easiest people to work with. Mm. Like, even if you feel like you're going to be the hardest case, this guy thought he was a hard case. Mm. I'll, I'll get him on the podcast at some point and you can hear his story. He thought he was going to be the hardest case ever. He literally, when he signed up, said, I want to lose my virginity by 2025. Mm. Or oh, by the end of the year. No, that was after he changed it. Oh, was it? Okay. Yep. No, maybe you're right. Maybe he said, I want to... No, okay. So, he said, I want to have a friends with benefits that sticks around by the end of 2025. And we're all like, bro, that's three years, three and a half years away, dog. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Three and a half years from now, you want to have a friends with benefits. That's how much this guy thought he was too nerdy to ever be able to, like, make any progress. And you're right. He said, I want to lose my virginity by the end of the year, which would have been way after the end of the coaching. So, mm-hmm. he was literally saying, Andy, I don't even want... I don't even think you can help me lose my virginity in 12 weeks of hardcore one-on-one coaching that he paid like the full amount, like here's all the money fucking make me change. And he's like, I still, even with all of that Mm. and all of the guys in the group pushing me and Andy, you being my personal fucking cheerleader, one-on-one calls and shit, I still don't think that I can lose my virginity this year Mm. until the end of the year. So that should show you how much of a hard case he thought he was. And he's lost it now in four weeks Mm. because I just drilled it into his brain. The same thing I'm drilling into any of you other nerds. Just fucking try a bunch of different shit and see what happens. What have you got to lose? You've always been a nerd. You've always been the outcast. You are the easiest people to work with because you understand the concept that like other people don't think highly of me. So what the fuck have I got to lose? If a girl rejects me, cool. It's like all the other girls that rejected me or ignored me. What what am I losing? I'm mm. losing nothing. Mm. I've only got to gain. So please sign up for coaching. I'll leave a link in the description below. If you want to work one-on-one with me, I honestly just recommend that because it's, it's hyper easy to work with you guys because- I fucking love working with nerds, but the group will work amazingly too. We've got a couple of nerds in the group. I honestly, when I say a couple of nerds, it's like, let's be honest, probably all my clients are nerds. Mm-hmm. Apart from the one guy that's like really fucking attractive in the group. You know, you know who yep, I'm talking about. I do. Basically, all my clients are nerds. I love you guys. I'm a fucking big nerd. Hit me up for coaching. Please don't sit there and go, it's too late for me. Just fucking sign up and stop arguing with reality. Go out there, crush your goals. Don't argue with reality and make shit happen.